Yeah, that's a wizard. A hundred percent. Calling the game right now. Dressed like the Michelin man, ready to get my f**k on. A really good team that shouldn't have been. Oh, seven different teams won conference championships. U of A, not one of them. I just wanted to point that out. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. Once again, I am Dom Tola, sitting alongside Chris Quinn, and today... We're back on the soccer pitch. Yeah, we're talking our first uh, woman soccer player. Another one for the ladies, everybody. This is going to be a good one. I'm stoked. And this is really interesting. I mean, I knew who she was, but I just completely don't remember her anymore. And she was, like you said, when you brought her up, arguably one of the best women soccer players in this country of all time. Well, that's what she's uh, thought as is the greatest United States women soccer player. And she was really ahead of her time. And we're talking about Michelle Akers. Michelle Akers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's get it started here. Uh, born February 1st, 1966 in Santa Clara, California to uh, Robert and Ann Akers, but uh, grew up in a suburb of Seattle. All right. So let me get in before she moves to Washington. Yeah. Because I knew you were going to love this. She was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Was she really? And when she was like six, that was her, that was what she wanted to do was play professional football. Oh, that's And badass. her mom was like, no, you're a girl. <laughs> we're going to try and get you into Bluebirds, which is like Girl Scouts. Okay. She goes, so I got kicked out of Bluebirds for fighting. That. And then I oh, completely God. refused to go to ballet. And then when they moved to Washington, uh-huh. they moved to this like soccer community, which are these little pockets in America, yeah. which are mainly like suburbs. And she moved there and fell in love with soccer. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like, man, she should have been like a kicker in the NFL or something. Just oh, found a way to get a, a roster. I got a story for that. I think I don't got a story for that. Oh, you got a story for that? But that's great. It's just like, screw this ballet. I'm not pirouetting. And she loved football. That was the other thing was like, at six, she probably just didn't understand. And when she found soccer and the ability to really be as athletic as she could, she excelled in it. And just like the competitive nature of it probably appealed to her, right? Yep. Like I would figure like, well, I'll play the other kind of football instead. No. (laughs) But uh, yeah, she was a really great soccer player growing up. And like you said, that's cool that they have those little pockets of like pro soccer communities. Yeah, because there's like one in Maryland, one in California, and then you'll go through an entire state that really doesn't play soccer. But that's kind of how the United States is. It's, you know, broken up like that. And luckily for her and for us, she moved into one of these communities that really pushes soccer. And she uh, that was her sport from then on. So yeah. uh, three-time All-American in high school, yep. um, I had read. Um, she was also, uh, what's the best way to put it? She was very big for a lady as far as her frame compared to some of the other players. So she was 5'10". Yeah. And she was 5'10 early on. So she was just almost bigger than every other woman out on the out on the field. and Just it, mowing people down. And yeah. she, it, it really was in her style of being more physical and winning headers and... and she really was up ahead of her time. Oh, totally. No, it makes me think of that Mrs. Doubtfire where he's like, man, you're big for a lady. You yeah. could play for the 49ers. Well, <laughs> so she goes to the University of Central Florida. Yep. Um, Alma mater of Daniel Tosh. Yeah. <laughs> and Dante Culpepper. Eh, I'll take Tosh. I'll take Tosh as well. But, but she was a four-time All-American. She was obviously like 
the best college player kind of around and definitely the best on our team for years. She was the top scorer in uh, 88. and School's the, top athlete that year, too, 88, and the 89. School's top athlete, mm-hmm. and she ended up getting her jersey and number 10 retired. Yeah, uh, by the University of Central Florida. So she was definitely their greatest soccer women's soccer player ever, and probably soccer player. Ever. Yeah, probably soccer player in general, yeah, regardless definitely. of uh, you know which side. But yeah, um, she won the Herman Trophy in 1988, which is the top college player for soccer. Yeah, for everything. So I mean, she's amazing and has a great career. But as it, I kind of related it to the Ann Myers situation where. Where do you go after that? What's next? Yeah, what's Especially next because after you're so awesome in college? Because, you know, this is still the late 80s, early, um, as we're in, heading into the early 90s. There's not the women's sports leagues or opportunities like there uh, are now. There's barely even international play. So we no. look at the United States women program actually starts in 85. Mm-hmm. Um, she scores the first goal. So the first game that they ever played, it was a little tourney in Italy. Um, they lost the first game, and then she scores the f- uh, first goal ever in the second game yeah. in a tie. Against so Denmark. It, it's one of those things where she'll have that forever to be our, our first goal scorer, which is pretty awesome. Like when you look at um, the U.S. Uh, national team for the women, their record books, almost all the firsts are Michelle Akers. Yep. Like almost all of them. She's like basically the dawn of the whole league no, yeah. know, or the whole uh, program. But just to point out how how little games were being played from 85 to 90, she played in pretty much every game that the United States women team could play, and she played in 24 games. Yeah, scored so 15 goals, by she, the yeah, way, she so she's a G. Goals. Here's the other thing, though. She had nine goals in six games in 1990. Yeah. So that's when she really started to excel because she was the 1990 Female Athlete of the Year. Oh, man, that's and so cool. Because she had nine goals in six games, people were like, whoa, that's crazy. In 91, she oh, had man, she goes 39 off. goals in 26 games. And that was what people were saying was this was probably the greatest year that a that a female soccer player ever had those are some like pele numbers those are some zico numbers those are some some, messy numbers exactly yeah it's pretty wild just a goal scoring machine so i'm gonna go back so it was like 89 90 um she meets up in california with the dallas cowboys kitchen kicking coach yeah and he gives her what would be thought of like a tryout. And she says she is ripping them for 30, <laughs> 40, 50. Oh, and the man. guy is just like, yeah, like if you want to come try out, like we're, we would love to have you as more than just a publicity stunt. And she said the conversation that was about to happen that never happened was what if I get hit? Yeah. And so like he asked her what she felt about it. And she was just like, no, I'm going to put my put all my eggs into this soccer thing, which was that was the other thing, which was like non-existent. It's we had, risky. And you knew dudes would go a, be gunning for. Yes. But she probably considering how bad that 88, 89 and even 1990 <laughs> Cowboys teams were. She could have made that team as a kicker. Well, this was why she was because she pretty much was like, no, no, I understand that these men are twice my size yeah. and full of muscle. So like if they were going to hit me, they would hurt me. And like she made that. You might not play soccer again yes. after that, which is like kind of her main kind of thing to do right at that juncture. But I thought it was interesting that she kind of got, not like a real tryout, but she kind of got a tryout with 
yeah. a, a football team and, and showed that she could rip field goals from all across the field, which is pretty awesome. Just like sexy Kathy Ireland in yeah. North Dallas 40. Sinbad reference. <laughs> Back to Michelle Akers. So now we get into the first ever Women's World Cup. Yeah, 91. Yeah. Um, everybody thought it was weird that China hosted it, but hey, you know what? China hosted it. Hey, they're hosting probably another one again coming up, probably. Well, it, it was an interesting one because they didn't... I mean, everybody knows how China feels about women, and everybody thought that their team was... The Chinese team was going to yeah. be really bad, and they actually came out, and they were really good. The ones that were spared then? Yes. <laughs> God dang. The, the only childs. Yes. The- um, <laughs> so, in this 91 World Cup, like I was saying, with the 39 goals, this is the greatest year, probably, of a female soccer athlete. Oh, she lit it up in this tournament, dude. She just lit it the hell up. So, I want to get right into the quarterfinals where mm-hmm. they play China Taipei, mm-hmm. and she has still the record in World Cup, which is five, five goals in one game. And if you watch these goals, they're not like tap-ins they're not like bullshit goals she's launching them dude literal (laughs) volleys from across the 18 and that's why she was so good was she wasn't just this physical presence she had all the technique she had like there were no holes in her game there were no weaknesses and putting it on display like that five that's almost two hat tricks in a game yeah like i don't even know what you call that in soccer that's crazy and we get into the finals against Norway. And this is why I absolutely, I brought this up uh, on, I think, multiple episodes where in soccer, they give the, like the golden boots before mm-hmm. the championship game. Yeah. So Akers ends up not being the most valuable player of this tournament, even though in the finals against Norway, scores both goals, she scores both of our goals, Two, one win, 10 goals in the world cup in five games. And she is such a, this is what people were saying was she was such a not only like a focal point for the offense, but like really the engine, like kind of going back and everything. She She's did the everything. money player, man. Yeah. That, you know where the ball's going. She's the money take player. The pitch. That's right. Um, you want to talk about her position change after the tournament? So this is yeah. the other thing because she I figured was, you could speak more to it than I could. Well, she was getting sniped a lot as a yeah. striker. Uh-huh. And she was also her probably her best position would have been. Uh, number 10 that central yeah. midfielder because of her size and because of her technique that's what everybody kind of says is she's looked at as this physical player but man she was so great on the ball and defending so i feel like it was both of like hey i'm getting injured too much and i'm gonna be better in the midfield because there was also a bunch of younger um, female strikers coming up exactly yeah so, so make your team better in two positions as opposed to just one yep yeah um, and then we see because she's constantly being hampered with injuries i'll yeah. say this it's uh constant throughout her career they're trying to take her out Not and cool. the 95 world cup and we're gonna bring i'm gonna bring this up later the 95 world cup she suffers a concussion mm-hmm. which they really don't have any concussion protocols and they really let her right back in i think the next game was like four days. Here's and some smell and salts. Go out there. Yes. Like, I think I mean, she came back out on the pitch that game, oh, and she geez. she had a bunch of knee problems, too. Yeah. So it was like... She had had uh, multiple surgeries on her knees, too, which obviously for soccer you think of, because, like, yeah, your legs are going to get taken out. But, like, this is when we kind of 
first start seeing concussions as a part of soccer and CTE is especially maybe a with part her of soccer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's moved back into the midfield. She's doing a lot more headers. And in 95, we end up losing to Norway in the semifinals, which I want to say this U S Norway women's soccer throughout the nineties, early two thousands was probably the best rivalry in this soccer because literally really cool, it was, man. it was them beating us or us beating them for championships. So Come on, we're going to take you out, you Viking ladies. Oh, and they so were. Just a bunch of blondes running around. You're like, I got, I don't know who that is. <laughs> but uh, they, they get uh, some revenge in the upcoming Olympics, though. Right, so this is something that I love is the 96 Olympics in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. This is when the women's soccer really becomes on the world stage. And it's cool because it's in the United States. So like it's not in a foreign country where Americans maybe aren't paying attention because the game's on at like 2 a.m. or whatever, or 3 a.m. This is like Eastern time zone, Atlanta, on full display, all the media companies like, hey, let's pipe up this nationalism and root for these ladies. And it was full stadiums too. That was yeah. the other thing that they were saying was like, this is when it was really embraced and the video coverage because the United States just had better video coverage than 91 China just was that much better. Just and it some was grainy like, communist it really like was. TV it, in black and it white. Was, so the 91 World Cup was really hard to watch if you were not really in the circle of, you know, like fucking uh, ESPN Ocho. Yeah, right. You know what it's I like, mean? Like that's, that's well, where they 91, it's more of a niche sport, but you see by like 95, 96, it's becoming less of a niche sport and more like, oh, it, it's on NBC in primetime. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, who's building all of this and all this popularity? Michelle Akers is. You so know? she comes into, and this is where I want to talk about this because we were talking about this before on the, before we started the podcast is her hairstyle is amazing it's just so readily identifiable it's like if yaramir yager's hair from the early 90s pens had a baby with weird al's hair circa 1986 yeah and i'll say this happening bro it's very like it doesn't move either it's very much like a hair helmet it's like dion's jerry curl from back in the day that's what it's oh that's exactly what it's like because it didn't move no and it's one of the best hairstyles probably worse too in all of women's soccer but it's very much her like you see it and you're like oh that's it's Michelle easily Anders. identifiable it's like bob ross's afro yeah it's like like you, <laughs> now she can't get i wonder if she was ever like can i just get like something more modern but it's like no we won't know who it is unless we see the number right yeah, that's very true <laughs> i mean can't get rid of it happy uh, soccer shit. and god bless <laughs> so going into this 96 world cup she has a torn mcl which is insane that she's even playing on it and and gutting it out this is why she was so good is that she couldn't make those long or those in uh box sprints so they put her in defensive midfield and she essentially locks the game up and is is running our defense and is really distributing the ball if you watch this 96 world cup is where you could see Michelle Akers is that much better because she's not on the offensive side and she's still dominating. It's almost like Franz Beckenbauer. It is 100%. Just like, like, you lose. (laughs) You lose the blanket. It's like, oh, man. (laughs) But yeah, they end up winning the gold medal in 1996. So it's pretty darn incredible for them to pull that off. it's, It's this run of this U.S. soccer that has cemented this, you know, thing that like everybody looks at us women's soccer now and they're the dominant force in women's soccer and this is the beginning of it and this was that's why it's more important now than 
and not to you know say anything against the recent World Cups and Olympics wins for the U.S. women's team, but like there would be none of that without people like a Michelle Akers. Yes, it wouldn't exist, pretty much. I, and uh, more so than just U.S. soccer too. Just, I feel yeah, like soccer all in over. general. Because yeah. I mean, the women's team at this time was still really awesome. So yep. it's like you're encouraging not only girls here to play, but if anyone in the foreign countries who the U.S. is either beating or playing against, they're like, oh, maybe I could do this too. Yeah, which no, is pretty it, sweet. It really opened this world up for women in sports, and we see them win the '98 uh, Goodwill Games too. Yeah, yeah, win the '98 Goodwill Games and. Uh, in June 7th, 1998, I wanted to add, she was uh, awarded the FIFA Order of Merit, which I guess is like the highest uh, honor you can attain in uh, international soccer, I think. First woman to ever win it. Yeah, that's uh, how, that's really cool. And that, that's why people like were recognizing like, yes, she is playing soccer like at this high, high level for like a decade. And so. she's recognizable and she's really good. <laughs> yeah. So then we get into the 99 World Cup, which I feel like everybody... The most famous kind, I think, yes. women's World Cup, at least for America, but yes. probably for the world, I yes. would say. Uh, Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain. Take that and, shirt off. No. Yep. <laughs> Rip it off. Rip it off. And that's the thing is um, in this, she's also pulled back in the midfield because they have all these really strong strikers throughout this 99 world cup but really if you watch these games she is like commanding this team yeah no i mean she's the the grizzled veteran if you will yes. of this team of uh younger ladies and uh they do an awesome job um i want to get into this which is such a weird yeah it's thing. a weird story uh quarterfinals yep. uh they're celebrating and a fan gets too excited this was back when you could really like interact with the athletes and there wasn't security like there we're pre 9-11 here everyone yep. i think that's the best way to describe it and a fan actually dislocates her arm yeah dislocates her shoulder yeah her yeah. shoulder uh -huh. and she goes on and and plays for the rest of the world cup with like this injured shoulder and that's crazy it's such it's crazy because of her style of play she's so tough dude you know she's, she's going into so every 50 50 battle you know she's going into everything and that's what she was saying about that's what everybody was saying about this world cup was she was just like on this mission of like now we can't lose yeah because it's in america by the way yep. this one's being played uh, in the united states um i would think that's even a psychological advantage for like the opponents and stuff it's like don't mess with her even though she has a dislocated shoulder she's playing and dominating yeah right um so they win the world cup so i just want to say two world cup uh winner medals uh gold medal um Olympics Olympic gold medal uh she had 105 goals and throughout her career and she was the first woman to ever have a shoe deal a first uh woman soccer player to ever have a shoe deal mm -hmm. um and now we I want to get into like post career oh stuff. I just wanted to uh, add oh, yeah, one yeah. thing um uh, second leading scorer all yep. time Behind in me US women's history who's you know they're like 1 2 or 1 A 1 B as far as like most legendary type players um, but uh, she did not participate in the 2000 Olympics the well, following year because of all of the injuries she had been sustaining as far as leg and concussions and the weird shoulder situation. So, And that'll come into play as we're talking about kind of post-career, what she's advocating for, too. Well, I want to talk about the day that she decided to retire. They were playing a friendly against, like, Canada, mm -hmm. and she was, like, trying to get back into 
the playing shape because her knees were so bad and she was trying to come back in and play. Well, she's in her mid thirties. Yep. Yeah. She said the ball went out and she didn't want the ball to come back in. And when the game ended, she went up to the trainers and she said, I'm done. That was my last game. I don't have the the drive for it anymore. Yeah. And that's what she said was just like, I, I don't want to like be detrimental to this team. And they were like, are you sure? Because yeah, you're, you're still good. Yes. But, but I mean, that's, it's almost like that's what's so cool about her is she left it all on the field and she wasn't going to go out there and not be 100% or as close to 100% as possible. The amount of times that she played and won like these tourneys injured is, is kind oh, of insane. Oh my gosh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so after she retires, she ends up uh, opening up like a horse rescue farm. Mm -hmm. And she sells almost all of her memorabilia to fund this farm. That's so cool. And that was, yeah, it was like in the early 2000s, 2010. Yeah, um, like for abandoned and abused horses and yep. stuff. I saw some videos on that. It's like, man, what a philanthropy type of thing yep. to do for... Well, it's interesting to just completely change her life. Yeah. She wasn't even into soccer at that point. She wasn't like coaching or helping anybody out. She was literally just like dedicated her life to these horses. And it, it's pretty amazing. Oh, definitely. No, I mean, that's just a stand-up person right there. Yep. Um, and uh, I had seen uh, some uh, videos on how she's one of the main people advocating for more research into soccer CTE due to the concussion she sustained. Well, her and Brandy Chastain used yeah. to head the ball. They were the ones that would go up for the headers. Exactly. And they were talking about how now in their 50s, they're not sure if they're having effects from CTE, if they're just kind of getting old and they want this to be really looked into because you're literally heading the ball like 50 times. Exactly. Especially if you're Michelle Akers, she's winning those headers all the time because she's like four inches taller than everybody else. But they're all contested, so you're knocking heads with other people yep. in addition to the ball. Yep. Like, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of transpires out of like how much is, of it is in soccer. Like, you would never think of it as much as hockey or football, but who knows at this point? Like, yeah, it's, it's hard still all to, up in the air. It's hard to say because they say it's the repetitive, you know, getting hit when you have a concussion. So that's what exactly. people are feeling about with Michelle Akers when she played, when she had that concussion and maybe multiple other times that probably happened. Where she had a concussion, but yeah. she didn't feel it like the other more serious ones and yep. just went back out there and played. Yeah. It's really scary thought. Yeah. Well, you weren't going to keep her off the pitch. That was no. one thing uh -huh. that I absolutely love about Michelle Akers. And for me, she was the greatest female soccer player ever with the greatest hairdo. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody.